Working Interferences is intended for mature audiences. Since the hosts never grew up, someone needs to be the adult. Welcome to Working Interferences with Josh and Lance, the dental advice podcast for the average dentist. Here is Josh and Lance. Bros, what is up? Welcome to the Working Interferences Podcast, a dental advice show. I am Joshua Austin. And I am Lance Timmerman. Lance, episode 101. 101. Did we get some good feedback on episode 100? We did. We did. It was it was a fun uh, exchange online. Gina was great. She was fantastic. She told me her son listened. That that makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, I think he's like an <laughs> early teenager. Yeah, um, like 14 or something. Yeah, so yeah. I don't remember really, what all we talked about because I don't remember anything the second after I say it. So he, he, he really liked the Peronis episode. Oh God! <laughs> uh-huh. Oh Lance! Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, I met my uh, my daughter's boyfriend, and uh, <laughs> and he wanted to get to know me. I said, "You really want to get to know me? Listen to my podcast." <laughs> So we, well, I, mean, I might have first off, I love the viral marketing. I love this. This is the ideal kind uh-huh. of marketing I'm in. What was his response to that? He's like, oh, I said, uh, I probably shouldn't explain some of the subject matter in front of my daughter, but, and then I, I told my daughter about uh, John Hall's kombucha. Uh, you know, uh-huh. I mean, I guess... He knows you're a dentist, I'm assuming, right? He does now. So I guess, you know, to not be like the boring dentist or whatever, you know, uh-huh. yeah, is got to be good. So I, we'll see. Got to be a win for him. Okay. I don't know. I don't either. I really don't. I really don't know. Uh, I've had a, uh, I've had a tough few weeks of travel. Yeah. I've just had horrible luck. Horrible, horrible luck. So, like with delays and stuff. Yeah, with delays. And so, if you added up all the delays of like the last four trips I've been on, it's Mm -hmm. something like thirteen hours of delays. Oh God. Which you know, whatever. But if I've got a gig, I've got to get to. That's a problem. And if I'm Uh going to miss a connection, that's a problem. And so I've just had multiple things. The worst of which was probably a couple weeks. I was headed to Denver. And okay. Denver, like one of those places, there's not many of places that I can get to from San Antonio on a direct flight, nonstop, no mm-hmm. words. Okay. So Thursday night, this was a couple weeks ago, I'm on a direct nonstop flight, Southwest, should be no big deal. Okay. Just so happens that right around my flight, huge rainstorm comes in. So around 5.30 or 6 o'clock in the, in the afternoon, I start getting like, it's just delayed. 20 minutes and then another 20 minutes and just keeps that whole process going. And is a rainstorm there in San Antonio or? No, but it's like on the way. It's, okay. it's you All know, right. big bands of red coming and it's like this okay. thing's coming, it's on the way, but hopefully it'll get in and get over. Okay. And then move out and, and things are good. So um, I'm looking at it and I'm just like, I don't feel great about this. I'm going to check the morning flights and sure enough, there's a flight that leaves at like five o'clock in the morning, gets to Denver at 630 in the morning. And so I, there's like two seats left. So I buy a ticket on that fully refundable just mm-hmm. in case I need it. So I have that okay. in my back pocket. All right. So get to the airport, storm hits, airport literally closes down. Just mm. they're like, nothing's in, nothing's coming in and out. All the planes that were headed here have now diverted back somewhere else. And we don't know this flight, your flight is delayed until at least 
midnight, 1230, one o'clock. So that puts it in Denver, like 330. I'm supposed to, they're supposed to pick me up at the hotel at like seven in the morning. Hmm. Not looking good. So I'm like, you know what? By tomorrow, the storm will be a thing of the past. Tomorrow's forecast will be perfect. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll just use that first flight out and get there and be no problem. Yeah. So I go home. It's like 11 o'clock at night. Set my alarm for 3.30 in the morning. Get up, shower, or get up. First thing I do, look at the phone. Everything's cool. Mm-hmm. Everything's on time. Looking great. Nice. Shower, suit, head to the airport. T- literally turning into the airport. First text message, flight is delayed. Like, Uh-oh. oh, God. No. So I look at it, and the way it's shaping up, like I'm supposed to land in Denver at 8.10, and I'm supposed to speak at 8.30. Oh. So it's going to be tight. The Denver airport's kind of far away, but good thing like I'm in a suburb of Denver speaking. It's not like downtown Denver. So Which uh, suburb? Aurora, which is oh. sort of oh, southwest. Not, yeah, not, not too far. far. Yeah. yeah, 20 minutes or so. So yeah. if everything goes according to plan, things are great. Go to the gate. Hey, what's going on? Like, oh, we couldn't get the plane here last night, but it's on the way. Cool. Mm-hmm. then I'm watching it and the app buzzes and I look at it and it's like 10 minute delay on top mm-hmm. of that already. And I just know we're starting the deal here, which is like, yeah. they don't want to tell us the actual time. They're just going to keep bumping it by 10 minutes every 30 or 45 minutes until right. it's the actual time. Right. So now at this point I'm freaking out. I'm scrambling. There's no way I'm going to make it. I've never missed a lecture. I drove all night to get to the one in right. Alabama. Like uh-huh. I'm, I'm not, I do not want to miss this lecture. So I hear over the loudspeaker, Frontier Airlines flight to Denver, doors close in 10 minutes. I'm like, oh, that's 10 gates away. I'm just going to go check it out. Now, uh-huh. I have maligned Frontier Airlines before. I don't think on uh-huh. this show, but on another show. Okay. It's a garbage can with wings. Uh-huh. Is, is what? Have you ever flown Frontier? Unfortunately. It's bad. <laughs> it's so bad. I, only under duress and no exactly. other options will I do Frontier. Exactly. So I walk in and I walk up to the gate and the lady is like, gate agent for a shitty airline. She Uh doesn't care. Yeah. I'm just like, are there any seats on this plane? No, none. Completely sold out. All right. Well, is everybody like checked in and on the plane? No, not, not everyone's on the plane. It's like, okay, if I stand here for the next couple minutes and someone doesn't show up, can I buy their seat? I don't know. I guess. (laughs) So uh-huh. I'm just camped out, like right there, just waiting. And sure enough, like one person doesn't show up. So I'm like, I don't care what it costs me. I don't care if this ticket's $1,000. I don't care. Just here's my credit card. Run it. I'll deal with this later. So she's like putting me in. Have you ever flown Frontier before? I'm like, um, <laughs> like, yeah, one time, but I don't think I have like a, an account or rapid rewards or, you know, uh-huh. I'm right. not a Frontier Airlines Air Miles member or anything, whatever their their club is. Yeah. So she puts me in and whatever, and she's finally like, it comes time for the ticket. And she's like, that'd be $79.80. Like, it's <laughs> buying uh-huh. a ticket the morning of at uh-huh. the gate, $79. Like, how yeah. is this, how are you even profitable? Yeah. How are you able, how does that pay for the fuel that my weight uses? To yeah. get to from San Antonio to Denver, like that can't pay for more than ten cc's of Jet A fuel. I, I How is this even possible? Yeah, yeah. How do you make any any profit whatsoever? And so I gave her my credit card, whatever, and and I ended up getting there, and I landed at seven fifty. Mm-hmm. The the one of the periodontists who was hosting me picked me up at the airport, and we headed over there. 
Um, the other, like his partner, Periodontist, sort of so- stalled for three minutes or something like that. And like I was uh-huh. plugged in and going at 8.33. So oh, I God. walked into the at the building at 8.31, was plugged in and going at 8.33. So I like super duper close call, wow. right? Wow. Super duper close call. So barely made it. Uh-huh. Then last week I'm speaking in Jersey and uh-huh. <laughs> like my flight to Jersey was supposed to be on Southwest. And of course, like it's a 4 p.m. flight at 9 a.m. in the morning. It's like already delayed two hours and like I'm going to miss my connection. So uh-huh. hop over to American Airlines. Their flight's running on time. Make that one. Then on the way home, I'm supposed to be on American Airlines because there wasn't a Southwest one that worked for me. And while I'm speaking, like get the message from American Airlines, your flight's delayed by three hours and you're going to miss your connection. Like, so then I had to hop over to Southwest like same day. So it's just one thing after another, after another. So people always think that like, like the dental lecture circuit uh-huh. is super glamorous and it's like four seasons and first right. class and all that stuff. And it is so, it is like no sleep and shitty hotels Yep, and, and having to like deal with all of this horrible airport stuff, like in October, this isn't like the February when there's right. winter storms. Yep. It's just super bad luck. Just that's, over that's and what over I was and over. I was like, wait, well, the weather in October is fairly it's Not mild. too bad, right? Yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> I don't know. Just horrible luck. Wow. Horrible freaking luck. So I really can no longer talk shit about Frontier Airlines because they literally saved my ass. Yeah. Okay. I would not have made it. So, I mean, I, I had a middle seat on Frontier Airlines. It was $79. Yeah. I don't think I could have taken a Greyhound bus from San Antonio to Denver for $79. No, I, 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 think, I think you got the, a, a great bargain there. Great value. Oh, man, it was so bad. So, <laughs> I guess the moral of the story is, is uh, never talk shit about something because there's a chance that it might save your ass at some point. So. Yeah, this is true. Um, I'm just checking Greyhound here. Let's see. Let's from San Antonio. <laughs> Are they still in, in existence? There's a website. I mean, oh, I, okay. Uh, let's see. San Antonio, Texas, Denver, Colorado. Let's see here. We're going to just do this for like tomorrow. Return trip a couple of days later. Let's see what the fare is on a Greyhound bus. $183. Wow. Okay. And that's just for the one way. Holy cow. Yeah. That's so insane. It is literally twice as expensive to ride how many hours? 23 hours on a Greyhound bus versus flying Frontier Airlines. How do they make money? I don't know. It makes you wonder, okay, what kind of corners are they cutting? How safe are you up in the air at 35,000 miles or feet? uh, Yeah, it's so there's obviously no Wi-Fi. Uh, I don't think they even served drinks or had any snacks or anything. I mean, it was it was pretty bare bones, but at 79 bucks, I I don't know. (laughs) Uh huh. Man, I don't know. Fortunately, I didn't have any carry-ons or anything. I just had my backpack so that I didn't have like a suitcase. So okay. I, I yeah. guess they, that's where they kind of get people is nickel and diming them on that stuff. Yeah, but. yeah you're, you're, it's cheap airfare, but then as soon as you, even the overhead bin is, is like yeah. 50 bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's as much as the freaking ticket is. Wow. Oh my God. Yeah, I just don't get it. I mean, this is sort of the idea of like, oh, I'm going to charge you $300 for a crown. 
but then have like a lab fee and an uh-huh. anesthetic fee and some sort of amalgam removal fee and an isolation fee and all of this stuff. I guess that's the equivalent there. And yeah. I just happen yeah. to need the one seat and need no other stuff. And so See, I, just and I always got, thought that was all fiction until someone on Facebook not long ago was talking about that they how much they produced and then they showed yeah. a, a, their ledger. And it was <laughs> I met all- that person at Densply Serena World. Oh, uh, fuck. And- yeah, and I didn't know that it was her at first. But let me just say that um, the pictures are extreme. The Facebook f- photos and profile pictures are extremely flattering. So um, huh. that's why I didn't recognize them because they don't look like that in real life. <laughs> uh huh. Speaking of, I got a funny text message today. Uh oh. From um, a well-known speaker who I will not um, out their name because I don't want to get them in trouble. Um, okay. They've got they've got a big thing going, and I I don't want them to uh, <laughs> to to face any any any. Uh, Repercussions? Yeah, any repercussions. But uh, this this speaker texted me and he said, um, from the latest ad piece for the Delivering Wow Summit, with your (laughs) VIP ball ticket, you get a guaranteed photo op with Anissa Holmes. Oh, fuck. I really don't have anything else to say about that. Who the fuck wants that photo op? (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I just don't, I don't understand, like... I don't understand that ego that it takes no. to like use that as a sales piece for a VIP thing. To like, think you're so that's, important that's that someone thing. wants to take yeah. a fucking goddamn picture with you and would like, pay money for it. Frank doesn't Fuck do you. that. Coist doesn't do that. Kenzer no. doesn't do that. At all. Gordon, Gordon doesn't even do that. It, who do you think you are? Really? <laughs> seriously? Who... Who do you what? think you are that that's that's a perk of a VIP is a and who's fo- you're, so you're, fucking stupid that you would pay that and think yeah, that was a, worth, you you're not moron. the Obamas like I I can't believe anybody would want that photo and no. would pay for a VIP ticket I just I want you I hope you're listening to this I, I want you to look in the mirror really closely <laughs> uh-huh. and examine. What exactly your priorities are in life? Because I have a feeling that they have everything to do with profit and nothing to do with actually, like you know, um, spending time with the. Um, as I'm sure she looks at them, the the unclean masses right. of uh, loser dentists that she uh-huh. thinks um, you know need her help and are struggling and all that stuff. So I don't know. Um, yeah. I've tried not to say anything uh, for a long time, uh-huh. um, but when I got that today, I was just really mortified. At that and and shame, 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 shame on ridiculous. You. Do you remember when Cersei had to make that like walk of shame <laughs> uh-huh, and someone yeah. behind her just like, uh-huh. walked behind her with a bell yelling shame, shame. Uh-huh. We need to do that. We need to do that through uh-huh. like the 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 show floor of Greater New York Dental Meeting. Just shame, uh-huh. shame. And I really feel like that's the only thing that may may get their head on straight. Um, VIP awesome. ticket for a photo op with wow. a dentist who hasn't picked up a handpiece in God knows how long. No. And if did pick up a handpiece, would you let them prep a, a number four do on you? Fuck no. Yeah. So me either. No. Me either. Eat it. Eat it. Huff them. <laughs> huff them, lady. Huff them. As I've said before, huff a these nuts. All about the gargle. Lance, this is an advice show. A shitty one. We answer your questions. We answer questions we find in all those neat little dental Facebook groups. We answer questions from Reddit. Reddit. We strive to help your dentists. We strive to help dentists and dental team members with our own unique brand of VIP photo experiences. 
<laughs> we need your questions. <laughs> they are the sustenance we crave. You can submit your questions to workinginterferences at gmail.com. Now, we don't want just any question, do we, Lance? Maybe maybe once. <laughs> we don't want a bunch of boring <laughs> questions. Like, what's the best airline? Because we all know that Frontier Airlines is the greatest airline of all time. We want the questions that Gordon Christensen cannot answer. Do you think Gordon Christensen has ever been on a Frontier Airlines flight? Not on purpose. I, there may have been a time because I uh-huh. I, ha- I don't know for sure, but I feel like there's that like thi- I, you know it Salt Lake City seems like it would be one of those destinations that Frontier would be in and out of a lot. Yeah, I mean, it's right next door, so it's it's not okay. going. Yeah, so maybe there's like a, the same situation I had where uh-huh. the Delta flight doesn't get out or is delayed or whatever, and he's got to uh-huh. you know hop on something else to get in. That that may be the only way that Gordon's been on a Frontier. Yeah, for sure. Reddit question one. Reddit user Skinny Legend Evan asks, "Can I become a dentist if I'm a slow person?" <laughs> That's it. That's all it says. Can I become a dentist if I'm a slow person? Well, you'll probably get into OHSU. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> Did Clint get into OHSU? Uh, I don't think he applied there. Okay. I was going to say, that's about to be a tough look for Clint. If you yeah. said no, that's why he had to go to NYU. <laughs> um, I'm tr- I, I want to be politically correct at this because this has the tenant. This, this subject uh-huh. matter could typically go off the rails. Yeah. And so I'm just going to try to use like movie references. Okay. All right. I, here's, I, need, some t- I need some explaining here because that's all the information <laughs> we're given. Uh-huh. So that's the question. There's nothing else that was... The whole question was in the subject line. That was it. Okay. Are we talking Forrest Gump slow? Uh Uh-huh. Or are we talking like 350-pound left tackle in the NFL slow? (laughs) Are we talking that sloth that worked at the DMV at Zootopia? You know, remember that Disney movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are we talking that kind of slow? Or are we talking about Forrest Gump slow? Because... Uh Uh-huh. There's challenges either way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And to be totally honest, I had some classmates that I, I really wondered if they had Velcro shoes or, you know, how did they, how did they get out of Listen, bed? Listen, a mean, lot of the Prost department in San Antonio wore Velcro shoes. And oh, God. I, I think it was just because when you're a 75-year-old prosthodontist, I don't think you care if you're ever getting laid again. I really, I, like, I just... I, I just think I'm well, pretty it, sure that it's just It becomes just a self-fulfilling prophecy at that point. Right. <laughs> right, right, right. It just all sort of calcifies uh-huh. together. Yeah, yeah. You're um, guaranteed you're not getting it. Right, but yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't necessarily think that... I'm not saying that those those prosthetic faculty were dumb. What uh-huh. I'm saying is, is that they chose not to invest any mental energy uh-huh. into tying their shoes or impressing the opposite sex. Either yeah. one. Okay. And Velcro shoes accomplished both of those. Yeah, yeah. It uh, it's very powerful. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine the precision and accuracy to which a prosthodontist would make sure that that Velcro strap is completely lined up flush <laughs> with the part underneath it? Right. No, no like little fibers off one uh-huh. way or another. We have to have That's a right. perfect alignment on that one. Perfect draw, so to That's speak. That's right. That's right. Um. Yeah, so I mean, I, the Forrest Gump slow thing is, I mean, we've all met dumb dentists. 
And I don't oh, yeah. mean that. We've all met slow, sort of, you know, not exactly rocket scientist Dennis. Like, uh-huh. and I think that's fine. I, I mean, it to, you know, I, I think you can teach this stuff to anybody. Now, can you teach like high level, complex, comprehensive treatment planning? I'm not sure. Right, right. Well, that, then that just becomes okay understand your strengths stay in your lane you're you're probably going to be in a practice maybe probably not the practice owner but you'll be in a practice where you're going to have your three procedures that you do really, right. really well you're going to do the the crowns the fillings and the uh perio extractions so i don't know right so. i'm at- there's a lot of things, I, and I used to shudder at this. Like when somebody would say, "You could train a monkey to do a root canal," and I, you know, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know if that's 100 percent true. Yeah, since um, coming from the guy who doesn't do root canals, just- yeah, it's like I don't, I, you can't train me, but a monkey uh-huh. maybe. Yeah, um, a capuchin, sure, of course, right, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, some a marmoset, sure, no, uh-huh. no problem. Um, that you know that that uh, opposable tail, um, uh-huh. you know, really could make a difference in. Um, you know, oh, irrigating yeah. while filing. Uh-huh. Um, I, so, that, you know, I don't know, but I'm sure there are, I, I mean, I've just run across, and maybe it's not even like mentally slow or whatever. It's just don't care, right? Like, I think yeah. that's even more sort of detrimental. Like, I think if you care and you put effort into it, uh-huh. it doesn't matter if you're, if you're, you know, don't absorb information the same way that most other students do and maybe you have to spend more time on it like if you're willing to put in that work i think none of that stuff matters i agree yeah the other thing is is that i absolutely believe that there are idiot savant dentists and what i mean by this is like people who are freaking maestros with a handpiece uh-huh but don't necessarily understand the intricacies of treatment planning and uh-huh. staging and phasing and all of that other stuff that like Spear teaches right. and that Coist teaches and all that kind of stuff. But man, they pick up a freaking handpiece and they're just like one with the one with the handpiece, right? And they do these amazingly beautiful preps. But you know, so so uh, maybe you're maybe this person is one of those people. Um, yeah, yeah, it could be. It's a good. I, I I wouldn't let it stop me from at least trying. Yeah, you never want to live life in regret and uh, right. what if. You know, put your best foot forward and see how it goes and, and come up with a plan B if it doesn't. The other thing is this, like, when you're having to learn a lot of, you know, the, like, two inches, like, college, like, three inch or four inches deep, but mm-hmm. miles wide, right? Right. So, you're having to learn a little bit about, like, cellular biology and histology and genetics and biochem and literature and sociology and psychology and American history and mm-hmm. geography. And, and you're having to learn about all this kind of stuff and your, and your attention is, is, is spread so thin versus dental school where, yeah, I mean, it's a mile and a half deep, but it's three inches wide, right? Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, maybe that actually, when you can just turn your focus that way, like I hate telling somebody, no, you can't do this. Right. Because I just don't think that that's necessarily... Well, there's too many stories of people who, despite the advice of don't do it, don't do it, went ahead and did it anyway. And, and are totally successful and fun. Yeah. So if, if you really want it, that also, that desire and drive has a lot of value as well. 
So if that was your, your lifelong goal, then by all right. means. Shoot for it, man. Shoot for the stars. What? No, is it shoot for the stars and maybe he'll miss and end up on the moon or something? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> seems horrible. I don't know if I want to go to the moon. Okay. It's cold and ashy and gray. Is there really yeah. anything there? There's a bleached white flag, uh-huh. some old footprints, some old garbage. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't know. But I, I see the sentiment of that point. Uh-huh. I, there's a, a a really great restorative dentist here in San Antonio named Brian Schroeder. Okay, um, he runs my Seattle State Club. He's freaking. Uh, he is. He's one of these guys. He's super intelligent and he's a freaking maestro with a handpiece, and it just pisses you off. Okay, but he's he has this whole lecture called "Confessions of a Former Single Tooth Dentist," where he kind okay. of talks about how he was awakened to the idea of comprehensive dentistry and doing sort of bigger, broader treatment plans that treated. Uh-huh actual ideology of problems instead of just like slapping a crown on a tooth that's cracked. Great. Right. Uh-huh. But he talks about how he thinks that the dumbest people in the class should be the ones that specialize. Cause <laughs> it's like, you obviously can't grasp all of this. Uh-huh. Go learn this one thing, learn yeah. this one little thing and just learn that and only do that. So like you yeah. go do endo, like you obviously are not smart enough to, to do you know, to know about ortho and perio and uh-huh. all these other things that go into it. You just go learn how to move a file up and down, monkey. Yeah. And 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 the rest of uh, the smart ones in the class will be restorative dentists. Yeah. And as a restorative dentist, of course, that's like music to my ears, right? I think that's great. Sure, sure. Uh, but I, I totally see where like maybe that, I think the system is maybe kind of wrong. Where the number one person in the class goes and does ortho which is just a freaking assistant doing everything anyway, right? right. <laughs> like, yeah, that's exactly right. Maybe we maybe we have it the wrong way. Maybe I, we have it the bottom five people in the class should go do. I think you're specialty. right. And they, they, that's a good point. Hadn't thought of it, but now that you say that, that makes sense. Specialists, at me. What do you think? <laughs> Are you guys dumb? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Don't at me, please. I don't care. I really yeah. Don't. I really don't. Let's check into uh, let's check into this this uh, um, this homeboy here. Um, and another question in dentistry: In dental school, are there certain classes we have to take to graduate? There are many dental classes in dental school. Do we only take one four-year program or multiple? See, that's an easy one. Um, you take whatever they give you. you right. You do them all. Yeah, you do them all. You do everything. Uh-huh. Did you guys have selectives? We had selectives. Did you? No. Yeah, so we had like electives and stuff. So oh, shit. you could do an ortho selective if you wanted to, kind of between, you do it like between sophomore and junior year, between junior and senior year. Huh. Um, I did I did uh, perio surgery selectives. Okay. Um, so they taught me like different flap designs and different suturing techniques and all that kind of stuff. Like we did a crown lengthening. Um, we did an aesthetic crown lengthening. Like we, tr- we tried, you know, we did a bunch of stuff like that to kind of learn. Um, See, what sucks is is you don't realize the value of that until no, you're done you with dental school. Yeah, right. All Ten, you want to do is drink beer and play golf. Yeah, and, three and years later, you're like, shit, I wish someone would have shown yeah. me how to do flap design. And, right, because how much does that cost $10, you to go? Right, exactly. <laughs> That's like, ha- looking back on it, I would have done every single oh, one God. possible. If I could do dental school over again, I would have actually learned a shit ton of valuable things instead of the right yeah yeah we'll get into that that's question three today oh is by it? the way oh, okay yeah so how about this 
All right, another question in dentistry from 27 days ago. Okay. So the one that, that we talked about today was from today. Can I become okay. a dentist if I'm a slow person? Okay. Then the, um, in dental school, are there certain classes, blah, blah, blah. That one's from 21 days ago. Okay. It's from 27 days ago. What should I know about dentistry before I actually pursue the path? It's a good question. I would say like, huh. what what rigors it takes to get into dental school, what your undergrad scores need to be, what your DAT scores need to be, all that stuff, uh-huh. how much debt you're going to have to take out, where your options are to go to dental school, what your options are when you're done, you know, all that kind of stuff. Those are all yeah. things, right? Yeah. So that's, um, that's 27 days ago. 28 days ago, get this, in the subreddit of pre-pharmacy, I'm doing a project on how to become a pharmacist. I wanted to know where all, uh, what are all the things pharmacists do on a day-to-day basis, basically everything they do in their span working as a pharmacist. So he went from in one day uh-huh. from do, wanting to be a pharmacist to then wanting to be a dentist, like literally in one day. Well, maybe he, whatever he learned about pharmacy, he was like, oh, fuck that shit. Let's look into <laughs> dentistry. So here's one month ago. That's two days before the last pre-pharmacy question. Okay. In the subreddit of pharmacy. So I'm currently 15 years old and in high school, and I'm aiming to be a pharmacist. Is it possible to volunteer at, my, at a pharmacy at my age with no experience? Huh. Uh, my guess is um, no. No. <laughs> hey, can I go hang out buy some drugs? All these drugs that have a street value of millions? Um <laughs> Yeah. Can I just chill? Yeah. Can I just pop a squat and chill right by right by the hydrocodone and the dilated? Like, there's probably some way to be able to shadow, but there's probably some strict. I would hope that there's some strict ways, the rules and hoops to go through to, before yeah, they let know, you. Man. I don't know. I have a little God. Okay, never mind. I was okay. so then two months ago <laughs> okay. in the subreddit of optometry. Oh Jesus! But this one is: is it better to have the blue light filter on your phone screen twenty four seven, or just have it on at night? So I thought oh. that was about to be. I really want to be an optometrist, and it's just like we're just busting through this. Yeah. But uh, yeah. no, I mean it, they're a fifteen year old kid. They, they're they're right. You're just as impulsive as it gets. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Have you seen the show Big Mouth? I have not. I, I know of it, but I have not okay. watched. It's on Netflix. It's Nick uh-huh. Kroll and John Mulaney. It's their cartoon show about puberty. Uh-huh. And one of the characters is the hormone monster. Okay. And I just, I could just hear the hormone monster like in this guy's room as he's, as he's typing these. Cause he's just like, he just has that sort of bouncing from thing to thing, like in a very short period of time, uh-huh. but super into gardening. Huh. A lot of gardening, a lot of house plants questions. Okay. Does anyone know if snake plants grow better grow better when connected to a rhizome? I don't know that. I I do not either. But now I'm curious. Um, when should I remove the pup in some relation to a house plant? I don't know. I don't. I'm not a gardener. I don't know plants. Yeah, I'm getting a real like Neville Longbottom vibe here. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Remember, like, Neville Longbottom was kind of dense, like, he was kind of dumb, and then it turned out, like, oh, he's really good at herbology. Yeah, yeah. And then, next thing you know, he's cutting the snake off of Voldemort's head. He's fucking hero you know, of the show, cutting yeah. Cutting the head off Voldemort's snake, right? He's, yeah. he's killing the last Horcrux. So, maybe this kid 
uh, is, you know, kind of all over the place, really good at plants. Maybe ends up becoming a dentist. Maybe he ends up, you know, killing Anissa's last Horcrux, whatever yeah, that may be. Yeah, uh-huh. Right. Ah, good luck, kid. Yeah. Good luck. You've got all of dentistry riding on you. <laughs> We're rooting for you, buddy. No pressure. Rooting hard. Question two. <laughs> Reddit user... OMG, OMG, OMG. I, I don't know how many letters that is, but 30, <laughs> something like that. Uh-huh. It's, it's a, that's a, that, you better hope your Safari or your Chrome saves that login information because you do not want to type that every time. Yeah, that's no a lot shit. to type. Uh, uh, wisdom teeth sinus perforation. I, 36 male, recently had my four wisdom teeth removed. I have concerns that I have perforated my sinus and was curious about the resolution of such an issue. I called my dentist who performed the extraction, but they were out of office until tomorrow, at which time I have an appointment sharp in the morning. This post and question are to try and call me. Why do I think I have a perforated sinus? Well, I tried to blow my nose and couldn't build up any sinus pressure. The pressure was released into my mouth where I felt bubbling sensations coming along the top of my mouth. I couldn't exactly place it to where the tooth extraction was, but around that area. In addition, when I drink water, I briefly have a runny nose afterwards. Based on the above, from what the reception stated at the office, it sounds like my sinus is perforated. The receptionist made this sound like it was no big deal. However, I can feel breathing in my mouth. And the more I read on the internet, the more I descend into a state of utter panic. How is this resolved? What is the recovery time? If this requires surgery, will it leave a scar on my face? If anyone can give me the TLDR, I would be so ever grateful. Lance, what do you think? You think he's got a sinus exposure? That uh, could be, yeah. <laughs> was think, that the Valsalva? Yeah, I, I think it's more than could be. I think uh-huh. he absolutely, yeah. most definitely, 100% yep. has a sinus exposure. Yeah, I just didn't want to be too committal. Yeah, but I mean, come on. <laughs> like, yeah. It's, yeah, 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 yeah. You're fucked, kid. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Let me ask you this question. Uh huh. Have you ever taken out a tooth on the upper and had a sinus exposure? Oh, yeah. Of course. Yep. Anybody who answers no to that is a pediatric dentist or yep. somebody who doesn't take out teeth, right? Or if you're taking a goddamn out, fucking liar. Right. Or you're lying. It's one uh-huh. of the two. If, yep. if, if you've taken out any teeth on the upper posterior, at some point you're going to have a sinus exposure. Uh huh. Right? Yep. It's part of the deal. It's yep. part of the risk. Go, it's in the consent form. All that kind of stuff. Yep. Shit happens. Have you ever created or had a sinus at oroantral communication uh-huh. to get, if you want to get real fucking Italian about it or okay. whatever. Yeah. I don't, I don't know why Italian. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Well, <laughs> whatever. Sounds good. If you want to get real uppity about it. I'll style Italiano. Communication. Yeah, exactly. That's where I was going. <laughs> you want to get real uppity and uh-huh. oroantral communication yeah. and not told the patient about it. Uh, yeah. You have? Yeah. It's not that big a deal. Talking like a like a small pinpoint one or something then? Yeah, you take it and you're looking down there like, oh shit, that's the membrane. Huh, fuck. Well, but like, I'm talking membrane blown open. Like... Yeah. Okay. Do, do you not have like different post-op directions if you have a sinus exposure versus not? Yeah, it's, uh, it's all written and they sign it and yeah, we just kind of <laughs> roll with it. Really? Okay, so if I have a sinus exposure, which I've done, uh-huh. and we'll talk about that in just a second, I- I'm telling them, like, hey, first off, don't blow your nose. Uh-huh. Just, like, hawk up the luke, whatever you need to do, but don't blow your nose because that just blows the sinus open. It's just more of a problem. 
Yeah. Secondly, I'm going to put some gel foam up there. And I'm going to suture it a certain way. Yeah. Okay. Or not. Thirdly, I'm going to put you on antibiotics and decongestants, antihistamines, all that kind of stuff. Maybe some saline nasal spray. Right. Or not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but uh, my point is that I would try to manage that sinus exposure. You sound like you're less on that side. Um. Yeah. Way less. <laughs> Interesting. And guess what? Heels just I mean, fine. I'm sure it all turns out fine, but what I don't want is this phone call uh-huh. yeah. of like, hey, I tried to blow my nose, nothing came out, or it's causing a problem. I've got this sinus infection. This uh-huh. is all your fault. Why didn't you tell me? Like, I'm trying to head this off at the pass. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I remember a couple where I'm like, huh, that is wide open. And then really didn't do much of anything. And... uh Make sure. Did you put gel foam or anything up nah. there? Butt on gauze, ma'am. See you next week. And ha- and everything turned out okay. Uh huh. Shit, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's not where I was expecting you to go with this one. <laughs> I'd love to hear from like Moody or somebody like that. Like, what, oh, what do you guys they're do? Shitting their pants right now, listening to me saying this. But uh, yeah, you as a graduate of Implant Pathways, it's like <laughs> they're going to come to your office and take your certificate. Uh huh. Off it's, the wall. It, it's one of those things where the vast majority of the time things resolve just fine on their own. Uh, we want to do our best to mitigate any complications, and if you can uh, guide a tissue, guide it, you know, graft or something, great, sure. Yeah, but even it, like, it doesn't have to be like particulate bone in a membrane or, uh-uh. or something like, that. like. You can just plug up a collar plug or something yep. like that in there and just do a crisscross suture over it yep. and at least sort of protect the site so that membrane can heal. It doesn't take long to heal. Right. My concern is just like leaving it open like this just is going to make it harder to heal because there's just garbage in and around it. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh, I mean, I don't have any data on this. So this is literally like what I was taught in dental school uh-huh. in the early 2000s. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think. I, I remember this one. It was number 14 and, and got it out. And yeah, it was definitely blown up. Uh, pretty sure. Yeah, I did. I, my, I'm just out of routine. Worst case scenario, I'm always throwing in a collar plug and I'm doing the crisscross suture over it. So I'm pretty sure I did that. Probably. I don't know. I've, I'm always kind of anal about just like telling people when something like that. Like, I, I just want them to hear it from me before they hear it from freaking Google MD or right. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. See, the, it, like when that one this happened, is the Google worst case exist. scenario or what, not that it didn't exist, but it was pretty minor. People weren't the way they are now with, the okay. Whole I get that, but it's like kind of a different world now and it's just everyone's, you know, yeah. and I did, they're going to obviously find the most like clickbait worthy. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the, the last reply on this post says, I had a perforated sinus for over eight months before I did enough research and finally got a referral to an oral surgeon. I've had 22 prescriptions, four bone grafts, and a buccal flap surgery. My cheek is literally attached to my gums. In those eight months, I had severe left side migraines lasting four days each, left side face paralysis, left eye swelling, also had horrible taste in my mouth for months. Demand that they fix it or refer you to someone who can fix it immediately. The longer you wait, the harder it is going to be to close it. I would agree to that if it's a big one. Yeah. I mean, if it's a blown out, yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's, that's like that's, a buckle fat pad graft. Yeah. That, that's that's not the same thing as we're just trying to do a simple extraction number 14 and, and then you notice that the palatal root was in the sinus and, and uh, 
oh, hey, it's communicating. And that's it's pretty much going to resolve on its own with with very minor effort. But at the same time, sometimes those even go south and then they need the, the buckle fat pad. And so, I mean, shit happens. Yeah, obviously, I mean, no one wants to try to do that. Have you ever put a root in a sinus? No, I don't think so. I've done it twice. One was like at nine o'clock at night. Oh, wow. <laughs> at an emergency clinic. Okay. And it was like a spindly distal buckle root on like number three and number 14. Was it, did it go in the sinus or just uh, under the membrane, Schneiderian, between the, the bone and the Schneiderian membrane? It was still connected. No, I'm sorry. It was actually in the sinus. Oh, okay. So I had, like, it was nine o'clock at night. There was no one to help. There was no oral surgeon around that was, you know, where I could mm-hmm. send anybody to. Yeah. So I had him, like, move his head around. And when he moved a certain way, I could see it. And I was able to get, like, some cotton forceps up there and get it. And then, huh. you know, put, like, a collar plug or gel foam or something in there. Yeah. And Andrea's texting me on the phone saying, gel foam is just to help clot. You're putting garbage in there. You should just leave it open, blah, blah, blah. So uh-huh. we were taught at different schools. We were taught, put something in it, suture it up. Uh-huh. Just keep something in between. Um, so I put like a cowl plug or something like that in there, sutured it up, saw him back at my office. This was at an emergency clinic. Huh. Saw it back at my office a, you know, a week later, whatever, and everything was fine. Yeah. The other one I did was not that long ago, and it was like a VA voucher patient. They sent him to me because they uh-huh. don't do oral surgery, and it was like number 15, endotreated. It was a palatal root, and that was a huge sinus exposure and that thing was still connected to the membrane uh-huh. that's the only way i got it out and so i was able to get it get a hold of it yeah pull it out and then packed it with um i put a membrane down and um sutured that membrane closed or uh-huh. sutured that membrane in place uh-huh. um and and then saw him back a few weeks later and removed the membrane and everything looked okay it was a big one um and i told him like hey if this doesn't heal right i'm gonna have to send you for you know, for a graft at a, at a surgeon's office, like a buckle fat graft. And, yeah. and fortunately it did is young, healthy guy. Um, but I've always done something, you know? And, and so I, I'm sure that at some point, you know, if you take out enough teeth, you're going to put one in or put a root in a sinus or put a tooth in a sinus and not uh-huh. be able to get it. Yeah. Um, and I guess, I guess you got to get that to a surgeon, right? I, I, I get, you can't just leave that thing in there. Could you? Probably not. Yeah. I think that's one that you're going to have to get out of there. So, <laughs> Um, I don't know, man. I, I've obviously like done a bunch in my time and screwed a bunch up, and and that's just the way life goes. But yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I'd at least have a conversation with the patient before they leave because I don't want them coming to Reddit. That's what, that's you know. Yeah, yeah. Now that social media want. and everything is the yeah. the way it is now, I probably would be because the ones I keep I'm thinking about in my mind are from so long ago. They wouldn't have gone anywhere to the internet, right? So yeah. That's uh, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god! It's uh-huh. only post on on Reddit, so obviously <laughs> okay. throw away again. Uh huh. <laughs> Question three: Bourgeois asks dental student in doubt. In my fourth semester, and when I compare myself to my peers, it feels like my interest is so much lower than theirs. They seem to study every single day, and I only do the least I can to pass my exams. I don't study because I want to learn. Uh, because it feels like there's too much to learn and I won't remember it all anyhow. Even though the things I'm learning are interesting, I don't have the interest they seem to have. I just study to pass my exams. The practical slash clinical moments are great. I'm doing great and I think it's extremely fun, 
but it feels like I won't become a good dentist when I compare to myself to my peers. I have no problem studying like I've done to pass all my exams and become a dentist, but is it enough to become a good dentist? P.S. I don't think another profession would suit me better. I'm just kind of tired of studying in general. I want to start working. <laughs> this seems like it was written by me in 2003. Say, I'm their spirit animal is what I'm I reading. Know. Yeah. The thing that gets me so much about dental education uh-huh. is the garbage that they try to teach us in the first two years. Uh huh. I mean... Can can and I'm I'm sure people get tired of me bringing this guy up because I just use him as my default of like great dentist. But can Frank Spear tell you anything about a Golgi apparatus <laughs> uh, or what or what it. the fuck ribosomes do? <laughs> like, why are we teaching this garbage? Like, we had yeah. all of this basic science. I I'm just gonna say it garbage. Well, I think we it's didn't gonna learn go away. very much occlusion. I think it's going to go away because I was. We were asking our instructors in school, "Why the fuck am I learning about the liver and all these different things? That that who who the fuck cares about mitochondria? Physicians of the head and neck, young man. Right. And she was. We were talking. I think it was just after the history of dentistry class, and they were talking about. Well, you know, 150 years ago, history of dentistry. What are we doing? Exactly. And she goes, "Only 150 years ago." dentistry was just kind of an apprenticeship. You just, you could either be a barber and hang out and cut hair and shit and, or go hang out with a dentist and learn how to pull teeth and, and whatever. And so we were trying to elevate the profession. We are physicians of the cool. Mind. We are. I'm cool with that. Right. But I think now that they're dumbing it down and, and Walmart putting in stuff and they're going to do the, the whole uh, smile direct club and, and things where they're totally minimizing us and our education then they might as well go right back to the way it was. They're t- they're teaching the wrong crap. That's the problem. Yeah. Like, uh, we don't need to know, again, how many freaking ATP come from one cycle of the Krebs cycle. I can me, look that shit up. Didn't you tell Teach me it was me 37? about occlusion. It's 37, okay. just in case somebody's wondering. Yeah. The only reason I know this is because I looked it up when we were joking around about it on the podcast. Yeah, I only Who know because you shit? told me. Right. Stop <laughs> teaching that garbage. Uh-huh. Freshman year. Start teaching like how, what the anatomy of contact areas are, interproximal contact areas. Because that shit that I talk about to dentists every week when I lecture, mm-hmm. and it's like, especially some of the younger ones, I'm talking to them about this stuff, and it's like the first time they've ever heard that walls of teeth have curves. Yeah. <laughs> and emergence profile matters on restorations, right? Yeah. And like what the consequences of an open interproximal contact are. This is like the first time they've ever heard it. But they were pounded over the freaking lactic acid production and complement uh, yeah. from immunology, right? And what makes IgA and what makes IgG and all that garbage. Like, what are we doing, uh-huh. dental schools? Yeah. Stop teaching this crap. Teach them freaking occlusion. People shouldn't have to go take a spear or a coist continuum after they graduate to learn how teeth come together. You guys should teach it. Exactly. And, and, and honestly, life is pass-fail. So let's get, get over these grades bullshit, and let's just say it pass or fail. You did it or you didn't. I'm cool with that, but then I also see the side of it saying like, hey, how is a residency director supposed to pick yeah. if there's no grades? Yeah. So I get that. Now, if you want to make an exam, 
you know, some, you know, make it be NBDE, National Dental Board Exams, whatever. But those are pass fail now. So I don't know how if you make dental school and even then, like, I don't know how grades translate from one school to another. So I don't know how residency directors pick. Yeah. Because you, you call any like operative director or whatever, you know, let's say, let's say you apply to Perio mm-hmm. and, and you call somebody's, you know, you know, you call my instructors or whatever, like they're all going to say nice stuff. No one's going to say anything back because they don't want to get sued. So you can't really go on that. Right. So I get it. There needs to be some way, but dental schools need to be held accountable for the garbage that they're learning. You, you had history of dentistry. Andrea had a history of dentistry class yeah, too. I did. Like, what are we doing? Seriously? Like, if you want to read about Painless Parker and freaking Pierre Fichard uh-huh. and GV Black and all that stuff, like, cool, fine. Uh-huh. That doesn't make you a better dentist. No. Learning occlusion makes you a better dentist. Learning prep styles and, and all of the, like, modern dentistry stuff makes uh-huh. you a better dentist. And yeah. I'm not one of these people that says, like, we don't need to be teaching amalgam anymore. Because I think we do need to be teaching amalgam. That's where I learned how to use my hands and mouths is on amalgam, right? Yeah. So I learned anatomy, all that kind of stuff. There's great things to learn from that. You learn restorative dentistry doing that. You also learn like how to not restore teeth by like blowing them open uh-huh. for amalgams. But yeah, I, like why are we teaching, especially in the first two years, all of this stuff? Why are we teaching students how to cast gold crowns and making them cast their old gold crowns, do their own copings and all that. Like this is stuff they're not going to be doing. Teach them how to freaking scan. Yeah. Teach them how to like manage tissue for an impression. Like for sure. It's not lab tech school and it's not freaking basic science school. It's not a PhD program. It's how do you be a good general dentist? Teach that. What are we doing? Wasting time. I think this Berg Wow, I think uh-huh. this person is like right where they should be. Like yeah. really. Yeah. Honestly, the all these people who are like super into, you know, studying history of dentistry uh-huh. and all of this ATP and all of this, you know, biochemistry garbage, whatever, that's not gonna make them a better dentist. Not at all. And and uh, the other thing is quit comparing yourself to your classmates. Yes, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Do your thing. Yeah. It, they, Do your thing. Doesn't matter what the fuck they're doing. You do you. I do remember a moment <laughs> in sophomore operative uh-huh. where it was like the big table of like, you know, a 33 and a half burr is an inverted cone and it's uh-huh. whatever 0.75 millimeters wide at the base, whatever, like all of that sort of just like wrote number information on about burrs. Uh-huh. And I do remember like up until then, <laughs> you know, Krebs cycle, biochem, all of that stuff was like, I'm not going to need to know this every day. Like this stuff isn't going to affect my, my job or my career. Uh-huh. And then it was like, Oh shit, this is stuff I do actually kind of need to know yep. as a restorative dentist. I got to know about burrs and burr sizes and whatnot. Yep. And that was the first time it was like, Oh, I can't just say that about this. I have to actually learn it. Yeah. So I, you know, I, <laughs> I get it. Like there's a lot of that shit in dental school. That's just like, Oh, I don't need to know this. I don't need to like. I'll look this up. I will, and that's the exact same way I feel about pathology. Like yeah. making people yeah. memorize stuff for path is the stupidest thing ever. Uh huh. Don't don't teach me freaking rote memorization of tables and 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 you know images and graphics and whatnot. Teach me like how do I? I have a something sitting in my chair. How do I figure out what it is with the resources that would be available to me at any given time? 
because 99.999% of the time, you're going to have some sort of reference guide with you, a book, um, you know, the internet, something like that. So unless you're in freaking Rwanda with no internet connectivity and no books or anything like that, like Uh that's the only time that would come up. And so this sort of rote memorization of oral path used to really bother me. It's like, don't teach me that. Teach me how to freaking think. Teach Uh me how to diagnose. Don't make me memorize crap. Teach me the thought process. That's what I want to learn is the freaking thought process. And dental schools don't teach enough thought process. They teach and they test on facts because that's what the NBDE does. And that's what residency directors want and all all that crap. And that's the worst way to teach. Teach me how to think. That's why, that's what is so great about COIS. And that is what's so great about Spears. They teach you how to think and how to logic and how to use information to make decisions. And dental schools need to learn that. And, and I don't know who's going to be the first dental school to do it and say, you know what? Forget the freaking board. You want to pass the board? Here's some freaking flashcards. Learn them on your own. We're yeah. going to teach you how to think and how to be a good diagnostician, how to be a good treatment planner, and how to think using the resources that you will have in any reasonable situation, which is full access to any factual information that you want. We're going to teach you how to use that information to make decisions. I'm Josh Watson. I'm running for president of dentistry. <laughs> and I approve this message. I approve this message and I want your vote. Like, I, I just, when is that person going to uh-huh. step up and like, somebody at some point has to step up and say, we are doing this backwards because yeah. we are. Yeah. We are teaching dental school back asswards and it's yeah. pisses me off. Yeah. So hang in there, uh, Bergwow. You, you're good. Yeah, you're, you're fine. You're real good. Sorry, I went off on a rant. I a little feel like bit. Dennis, I feel like Dennis Miller. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> from from uh, the late 90s. Do, do you uh-huh. remember the Dennis Miller show on HBO? No. Uh-uh. Oh, it was so good. He used to have this. It was kind of before he went off like the, the right-handy, uh, you know, super conservative way. Okay. Um, he went into, uh, he used to have the show on HBO called the, uh, it was like Dennis Miller Experience or Dennis Miller Hour or something like that. And okay. he would always at the top of every show have this, like very Dennis Miller, like using a lot of weird references to, to you know, movies that no one has seen and all that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. And that's how we would start. I don't want to go off on a rant here, but this country is blah, blah, blah. You know, that's kind of how I, how I felt on yeah. that deal. Yeah, well, Holy you, feel, you shit. feel better? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I do. I actually do. Good. Um, let's check into this person. Um, uh, Just a, a lot of stuff and, oh, uh, WoW, subreddit of WoW, which I guess is World of Warcraft. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, so a few posts in that, that's pretty much it. A couple of computer things. So not a ton, nothing real interesting. So Berg, wow. Um, I don't know. You know, you're going to be fine. Just buckle down. It sucks. You'll be good. You'll get through it. This too shall pass. Yeah. You good with that advice? Uh, yeah, I'm, I, I'll, I'll roll with that. All right, good. Good. <laughs> um, whose turn is it for a song? That would be you. Is it my turn? It is. Jesus. All right. Um, hey, share this with your friends. Um, you know, if you have some demented friends out there who are interested in how do you teach Forrest Gump how to do dentistry, um, let them know about the show. Pass it on. That's how we grow the show, one new person at a time, um, just like we grow our practices. Um, how about subscribe? First off, how about rating and reviewing us? Uh, what's your favorite number? Big fan of five. 
I'm a huge fan of five as well. I'm really a big fan of five. Um, hit us up on the web, workinginterferences.com. Hit us up on all the social bullshits. Social Facebook, bullshits. Working Interferences with Josh and Lance. Um, funny shit for dentists and dental team members. Um, Twitter, at Winterferences. Instagram, at Winterferences. Lance can be found on Instagram, at DRTimmermanDMD. I can be found on Instagram, at Joshua Austin DDS. I'm actually giving away something on my Instagram, which is something I oh. have never done before. It's uh, this really great thing by a company called Blue Light Analytics, and it's uh, called a, a checkup. Um, it basically uh, is a Bluetooth-enabled radiometer for your curing lights, uh, uh-huh. and it gives you really specific information about how long you should be curing all the different materials you have in your practice based on your curing lights. So super cool stuff. If you want some information on how to win that, uh, check out my post from, um, what day was that? Uh, November 4th, um, about how to win your own checkup, um, for your practice. Um, so my song, we have a, a fan of the show who listens to every episode, a guy named Brandon White, who is in, um, I think he's over by you. I think he's right? in like Ashland or... Yeah. Is it Washington or Oregon? In Oregon. Southern Oregon. Okay. Somewhere in the in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. So it was Halloween last week and, and he and his neighbor did this big, crazy Stranger Things haunted house oh. with the upside down and they had Billy's like T-Bird like T-top T-bird or Camaro wow. or whatever it was. Nice. They, you know, they had the, the typical light wall, you know, with the letters and the Christmas lights, you know, on it. They had the whole freaking deal, man. And like, welcome to Hawkins and all that sort of stuff. He sent me a bunch of uh, videos and, and images from it. And, uh, the, him, him and his neighbor went all freaking out on this thing. And, uh, I, I'm, I'll, I'll, I will ride with that. Um, I thought it was super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, very well done. There was a demigorgon, uh, all, all kinds of super cool stuff. So, nice. um, I, I just have, was super impressed by this and the amount of time and effort. And I mean, this sourced a freaking car, like crazy, like, you know, wow. they had a whole like Hawkins national lab scene in there and like people in, in bio suits and stuff. And, wow. um, I mean, just, just crazy stuff. So I, I, you know, um, Check out Brandon White on Facebook. I'm sure he posted a lot of this stuff because um, it's it's super cool. But we were having a conversation about about songs that we should pick, um, and he recommended the song, which is a song I really like and was on a list of mine at some point uh, to play on the show. And I just never got around to it. Got interrupted by other stuff or, yeah. or surpassed or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, but it's a song by a band named AJR. AJR, which I, I don't really know their stuff. Um, apart from this one song, but they teamed up with uh, our old friend, Rivers Cuomo. Uh-huh. From uh, Weezer. Yep. And they uh, released a song called Sober Up, um, which is a really great song. Rivers does all the um, um, singing on it. He does all the, the lead vocals on it. And uh, nice. really great song, little electronic beat to it, but does uh-huh. if you didn't know, you would just think it was Weezer, but it's actually yeah. AJR. Okay. Um, so this is Sober Up. Um and Lance, I don't know. This isn't really a message towards you or anything. It just happens to be the song. So I don't want you to take any offense. Okay. Or, you know, uh-huh. t- don't think I'm trying to tell you something. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. You good with that? As I pour my drink out right now. Yeah. No, uh, <laughs> no offense taken, I'm sure. Right. You know, I don't want to step on any toes. No, it's all good. It's all good. I mean, you know what they say? Like drinking alone is super healthy. 
and you're <laughs> there you are alone in a dark room uh-huh. drinking your your drink which uh-huh. uh it's 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 always interesting you always say like oh i'm just gonna have a drink uh-huh. um but what you fail to tell everybody is like that one drink is 32 ounces uh-huh. um in like a literal <laughs> bucket uh-huh. um and and because it's just one you just make it once you call it a drink and that's so, right that's right um not that there's a message or anything it's, it doesn't have anything to do with the bosnian hooch or any of that kind of stuff <laughs> I'm messing with you. <laughs> I love you, buddy. Love you too, man. This is uh, Sober Up by uh, AJR featuring Rivers Cuomo. For uh, Lance Timmerman, I'm Josh Austin. Peace. Stay fresh, cheese bags. Hello, hello. I'm not where I'm supposed to be. I hope that you're missing me. Because it makes me feel young. Hello, hello. Last time that I saw your face was recess in second grade, and it made me feel young. Won't you help me sober up? Growing up, it made me numb, and I wanna feel something again. Won't you help me sober up? All the big kids, they got drunk, and I wanna feel something again. We said that we keep in touch And we did our best All my new friends We smile at party time But soon we forget to smile At anything else Won't you help me sober up Growing up and make me numb And I wanna feel something again Won't you help me sober up the big kids, they got drunk And I wanna feel something again Won't you help me feel something again How's it going again? How's it going again? My favorite color is you